This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork, a bonus double dork week. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? You always love a good double dork weekend, huh? a double dork week. It's been a while since we've had the old double dork. People go nuts for it, and I'm glad we can provide it once again. Sort of a bittersweet episode, Ryan, as we have lost uh, the great Stan Lee this week, and we figure the guy was so influential. I mean, if you actually, if you go back and look through most of our topics over the close to 200 episodes that we have had, I mean, he's responsible for like half. Uh, yeah, which is you, you talk about people who are influential in this world, and I don't really see anybody who's even close. It's funny. I was thinking of that, and so and and I get it. You know, he co-created a lot of these. You know, Stanley wasn't the only guy working at Marvel, and like I, I I completely get that. There were a lot of really important guys like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and you know John Romita Senior. There was a lot of guys in the early days of Marvel that got this thing going, but. Who else do you think even belongs in the same class, like of the most influential hashtag dork people? Well, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, you know, who if you were to give the stone. So each each one of our stones is responsible for like one of our one of our our areas of pseudo expertise. Right. Yes. So ultimately, I think you give the comic stone to Stan Lee. I think you have to. And there's definitely other guys. And what's funny is we were talking about. Uh, Frank Miller a couple episodes ago and it's like Stanley created these guys and then there were people like Frank Miller and Alan Moore and even more recently like Scott Snyder who have taken established characters and put their own kind of flair on it which made them like which made them even better right. but without Stan Lee like you don't have a bunch of those characters no and, that, and I think that's just it and you have like Ditko too and it's funny it's yeah. like him and Ditko died in the same year which is uh yeah, what was Which that? I think it was June for for Ditko. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a rough year for comic books, losing those two guys for sure, like absolute mm-hmm. titans. But um, yeah, you know that might be just a, a fun episode to do. You know, um, who gets Their the stone? stone? Who's the oh, stone? Who gets the st- yeah, because again, so we try to we've pretty much break, broken it down, and the last two stones are really up for grabs. But if there's six stones of dork, there's obviously movies, TV, video games, comic books. The other two are more sort of I went with beer and wrestling because those are ones we've done episodes on. And yeah. those are kind of like they've become sort of dork topics. Like people are so obsessed with different types of beer and, and all that stuff. That's sort of taken on a life of its own. And then I think wrestling like I've always had a soft spot for wrestling. I, like, I don't know what what would the other things be like board games or like. Uh, no. So I would uh, music. I would, no, I, I would break it down like instead of doing just movies, I would have like sci, a sci-fi stone and like a horror stone. Oh yeah, yeah. Movies is movies is a huge. I mean, I would say seventy-five percent of our topics are movies usually. Yeah. 
that's a big. So, so speaking of that, the other, the only other people that I, I even consider sort of like Stan Lee would be George Lucas, right. because like Star Wars has is such a thing. Like in the movie realm, it's like really for us, it's like Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and then sure. maybe we'll find like a horror or we'll find like a comedy. Maybe like maybe George Martin gets in there at some point. George Martin could, yeah, he's got a chance. I'm partial to Jim Henson. I think he's like <laughs> in that category. Like I just, I love the Muppets. I could do a Muppets episode. I could do a Fraggles episode. We could do either one of those. That would be phenomenal. I love those bastards. We could even, we could actually do, cause then if you think about it, like um, the labyrinth and like the dark crystal, like you could really do a whole, we can really get in there. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a dark, there's a dark crystal sequel or prequel coming. Oh, that's right. So you know what I might do this uh, this holiday season, Ryan. I think I might do a, or and, and by me I mean we, a, an entire episode on the Muppet Family Christmas, which is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It might even be available on YouTube. I think it might be too. You're going to put that ahead of like Elf and like Christmas Vacation. Yeah, for me, yes. It has a. It's, wow. I I am obsessed with it. Was like a TV movie. We've talked about it before, but it's the Muppets. Sesame characters and Fraggles all at one fucking farmhouse during a Christmas. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a big fan of Rizzo the Rat? Yes, correct. Yes. All right. I'm just making sure I knew that. He's I had in there. That down. He's in there. And they all, it was such a, it was a blizzard, Ryan, that they all had to stay in the, in Fozzie's mom's farmhouse. And uh, they all, they met, a lot of them met each other for the first time. And speaking of Rizzo the Rat, there was very there was not a lot of uh, beds in him. They ran out of beds, and so Rizzo ended up sleeping in the Oscar the Grouch's trash can. Sure, sure did. You know, I mean, that, it was pretty fitting for him. I thought. Yep. So he did that. Um, and yeah, but that's probably it. I mean, Stanley, George Lucas, Jim Henson, Jack Kirby, like those are the old school guys that have created so much content for us. Yeah, and again, you know, I was, you never. You know, I, I I forget how many people asked me like, "Well, how did he die?" I'm like, <laughs> he was on. 95 years old. You know, Come and on, uh, we were talking about this in the group chat, but like he people were asking me too. That's and I think I said he got into a bad batch of bath salts or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he's 95, but like I don't not to make light of it, obviously, but you know, ooh, cracking a crispy boy there. Hey, here we go. Hey, one of the six stones, Ryan. There you go. Um, it's one of the perks of uh, podcasting at home now. Yeah, that's nice. You know, uh, but my point is, is like, even though he was 95, you just assume that he's the guy who's going to be around forever. Like, you never think that that guy's going to pass. But, you know, I know, you know, it's been in the news, you know, he was he wasn't doing so well. And then, you know, someone with like his one of his kids is, you know, business partner was like trying to rip him off. And there was like that whole like elder abuse thing going on. Remember that? That was this year, too. Yeah. So this was pretty messed up. So back in April, it was the uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, they had this whole article, and they claimed that uh, Stanley was a victim of elder abuse. And I guess that uh, his business manager and um, and like a like I guess like a memorabilia collector. And this so his wife passed away a year ago, and I right. guess like since she died, was like isolating him from like his friends and associates. And was like trying to get his money, and I, I, I don't think it happened. And then the, he ended up getting a restraining order against her. But that was really weird because that popped up in the news this week, like this year. I remember that being like, "Oh, Stanley," and you're like, "Oh, fucking elder abuse! Like, come yeah. on, man!" Like they were. Remember there was that video that surfaced. They brought him out to some like 
con or some like you know some event, and he did not look like he knew where he was, and it, it was kind of yeah, it's you know, kind pretty of tough. Sus- yeah. yeah, and it was it was not great. But then you know he kind of snapped out of it for a little bit, and you know watching some of the interviews with him recently, like he seemed sharp. He seemed like with, with it. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. different. It was different yeah. to see like the difference like six months made. In yeah, back thing? in 2012, he got a pacemaker put in, and so that so what six years ago, he had to like cancel a bunch of his appearances. But then after, like, so when he went to Boston Comic Con, that was after that. So he right. he kind of bounced back the last couple of years. Um, but again, I mean, 95 is is pretty incredible, and like a guy that was walking around and was with it, you know, like that's yeah. that's amazing. So good for him. How much do you think? I don't know unless you saw this. How much do you think he was worth? Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think like, yeah, I, it, it'd be interesting to see. Cause it's gotta be with like in the hundreds of millions, right? It's not, it's not, it's not $50 million, which again is a ton and you know, whatever. But when you think of him and like what he created, cause he didn't own all the rights to all these characters. Right. So that, like, he's involved and he also got, in a lot of these movies, he would get like sort of a, an executive producer credit, but it was sort of like a like shout out my dog. Like you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like well, he I'm was, wondering. I'm wondering how much of that money he came into like this late in his life, like starting with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like how much he was worth, and you know how much of that is like new money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I bet. I bet a decent amount, right? Most of like, it, I would if, say. You know, I would I would think so. Just being attached to all these movies, even if like. Think about it, even if you're getting like such a small percentage of like what's going on, the movies that he's been a part of have made like seventeen billion dollars or yeah, something like, like that. Like what's what's one percent of seventeen billion dollars? Yeah, I don't know, you know how all that all that shit works either. And then he must get like residuals even too on like just the cameos, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that doesn't add up to a ton, but the, there's a lot of them and all those movies make a lot of money and they're all on TV all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't our our buddy who we went to high school with who is in like a handful of movies, he gets like, he'll get like a check for like dollars. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they'll like, cause like, Oh, like something was on like showtime and you're like, okay. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, I got a check for like 60 cents because the like movie, good. they played the movie on showtime this month. Cause he was in uh, like osmosis Jones. You're like, all right. Yeah. Uh, subsequently he was the kid singing the national anthem at the Red Sox game where Rich got the finger from Jesse Orozco. Or See, all these, all these, all these stories connect, Ryan. It's a, We're, it, everything, yeah. it's, a, it's a crazy web that we weave, but it's, it's there. It makes, if you it were one of sense. the, if you were one of the 12 people who saw Osmosis Jones, he played Zachary, the kid who gave Bill Murray the bad oyster at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And he was like explaining a science project to him or something. Yes. <laughs> he, this same kid was in uh, the stuck on me, you know, stuck on you. Yes. Deleted scenes. Yep. And he his, was supposed to be in a something about Mary, but he wasn't. Yeah, because his father actually grew up with the Farrelly brothers, which is actually Correct. an... In, yep. But he was also an actor. Like, he wasn't just, like, a friend. No, like, he, he was, was an yeah. actor. He was yeah. a legit... He was a legit actor. Anyway. Anyway, so we digress. St- Stanley. So Stanley. Stanley, born December 28th, 1922, in New York City. He died November 12th, 2018, in Los Angeles. He really is... Uh, I would say considered like the godfather of Marvel Comics, which got its start all the way back in 1939 as Timely Comics. It was then referred to as Atlas Comics, and then finally Marvel Comics, 1961. 
and it was really Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko. Like if you go back to all these like old school classic characters, they really all trace back to like three or four guys that kind of like created them all together. And I think it got kind of like bitter at the end because Jack Kirby passed away years ago. He he passed away like 1994, and that's actually a guy that doesn't get a fraction of the credit that he no. deserves. No, you know, because he, he that guy's a he legend. passed you know well before this was a thing. Like the the, Mar- the comic books, the right. I guess you could call it like the golden age of like comic book movies, not the golden age of comics. But you know yeah, yeah, he yeah. he saw you know eighty nine Batman and maybe Batman Returns, so he kind of saw a little bit of that, but not what it is today. You know, because like he was right there with Stanley when it, as it relates to like the Fantastic Four and Hulk and X Men, and he was also Captain America. So like. Yeah, if Jack Kirby was still here now, like, to see Chris Evans and, like, all that stuff, like, that would have been pretty nuts. One of the things, though, Ryan, that, like, really differentiates Marvel and DC, especially early on back then, was DC had Metropolis and Gotham City and Star City and Central City, whereas a lot of the Marvel characters were in New York. It, it was like, fat. here we yeah, are, real city. It. And, like, I think a lot, I think a lot of people... Like that, that really kind of connected him to it because it was like, oh, cool! Like here's Spider Man in like bouncing around New York City. Yeah, and I think one of the other lasting, the lasting things that Stanley did, and you know, all, all his team at Marvel did was introducing characters that weren't necessarily completely comfortable with it. I mean, you had DC had, you know, I, I go to Superman all the time and Wonder Woman and all these characters who are kind of like, you know, unbreakable, and and you have. Uh, a character like Tony Stark, who um, is struggles with substance abuse. You have a kid mm-hmm. like uh, Peter Parker, who doesn't necessarily comfortable in the the superhero role and struggles with that. You know, Hank something Pym he never, hit his wife. What's that? I said Hank Pym hit his wife. Oh yeah, Hank Pym. Like, and like these are not superheroes that you would usually, you know, like a Superman or, you know, at the time in those comics where they they were these kind of like perfect characters, like these best versions of what a human being is. And then, you know, uh, that team at Marvel comes in and they're like, no, these people actually have flaws and you're, you're drawn to these characters because they're actually like real people too, you know? And I, I, and that, that doesn't get enough credit. I think that's one of those things that gets missed Mm -hmm. is that that was, you know, Stanley's lasting contribution to, you know, the comic world. Um, and again, you know, I know he wasn't alone in this whole venture, but that right. kind of thing where, you know, heroes are, you know, have their issues too. And what's really cool too is, is where like the origin stories and how like the classic character has to have a classic origin, whether it's Hulk, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, Daredevil. Uh, but then also he was there for the X-Men. So it got to the point where you're like, all right, not all these people need to have, like gamma ray accidents or like, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have to have a super, they didn't have to have a spider bite them, like a radioactive spider bite them. Like now you're just born mutants. And so for him to do that, like that just opened it, opened it up. Like you're like, all right, we don't need, like we can create a superpower for like this next character, but we don't have to come up with this like insane background where we can just say, yeah, he's, he was born that way. Like he's, he's a mutant too. And what's crazy to me too is, you know, the whole reason that X-Men, were created the whole the, the comic of X-Men was created was because Stan Lee was if you've read anything you know that's coming out now his stance on racism in the 60s 50s and 60s and he was very much opposed to the idea of racism and 
um, people who were being marginalized, just, they were just born that way. And, um, that's kind of where the idea of X-Men came into play is that these people who were shunned for something they had no control over and now they're becoming heroes and they're becoming people who are, you know, uh, worthy yeah, it, of, it really you know, is whatever. pretty amazing. Cause like, you know, on the surface, like, Oh, comics, like those are, it's like, it's cartoons and it's for kids and it's silly. And you're like, yeah, like there's definitely some of that, but it also means kind of what you want it to mean. And like for a lot of people, there was that where you're like, Hey, I feel different. And like, now there's all these like sweet characters who also feel different. And like, they are different, but like, look what they're doing. And I understand, I, I understand how silly that can sound, but people can really get into it and they, you, you can find inspiration in anything. And like, you're reading, you're reading a, a comic book about, you know, the X-Men and like how people are treating them. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of like me or like whatever. Like it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and to think that comics were like throwaway things, they were meant to be funny. They were meant to be, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of like for little kids and, or, you know, in the case of Superman, like propaganda, you know, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, something that people didn't re- really take seriously. And now it's you take these things seriously. Like, you know, when you look at the right. Time magazine of 10 best or like 100 best novels of all time and Watchmen is on that list. And it that is. I mean, it should be it should be. And, and that's a graphic novel. And I don't think that comics become popular without Stan Lee. And I granted like Alan Moore is going to be a successful writer in whatever he does. But the fact that he chose that medium after reading Marvel comics and reading DC comics, I think that's an important thing. Yeah. You know, what's crazy to me is when you look at the characters that Stan Lee is responsible for, or at least partly responsible for like any one of them, like you could hang your hat on and you'd be famous. Like if you, if you created Spider-Man, that's all it really needs to be. Like, oh, you created Spider-Man. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, retire now. You did a great job. One of the most iconic characters of all time. Good for you. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's more? You're like, yeah, I also created Iron Man. You're like, oh, wow. Iron Man and Spider-Man? You're like, yeah, well, and Hulk. You're like, and Hulk? You're like, yeah, and Daredevil. And all of the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, uh, the X-Men, and the idea of the Avengers. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, it's just... Yeah. It's an insane list when you go down. And then there are even, he got to the point where he was um, like so high up at Marvel where even some of the other characters that would go in there and he would sort of help out with. And so like he didn't, he didn't create the Punisher, but he either came up with the name or at least was like, he greenlit the name and was like, yeah, let's go with that. Or like, like he had his hands in so many of the Marvel characters that were created in like the sixties that we're still seeing on in movies today, which is it's, it can't be understated. And I, like, I know it's a, it's more of a complex history than what we're giving, than we're, mm-hmm. we're giving it. But, yeah, it is. um, you know, I, I'm just still blown away by that whole list. And the fact that he created Spider-Man when he was 40 years old. Yeah. Is fascinating to me. Like he spent all that time in comic books and creating, Kind of, but his arguably his most lucrative and biggest character that you know of Spider Man, he didn't come up with until he was forty years old. No, it's Which, wild. Yeah, and like for me, I don't know, I don't know how how you were, but for me, I was always growing up more of a Marvel fan. Like I had more Marvel comics, I had more Marvel posters. I like you know the 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 cards. Remember, I had that whole collection of yeah, cards. Yeah, you had the whole, like all I, those, the trading cards. Yeah, I had all the trading cards. I was like obsessed with Marvel. I like DC. I oh, I was always a fan of Batman, but I thought there were more. I thought I thought the roster was deeper for Marvel, and I was such a big X Men fan. Like I remember being 
super into X-Men. And in fact, uh, me and Sharks are like AAU basketball team. Like, well, maybe it was right before AAU, but either way, it was like right around there. And Shark's dad was the coach, and so we like we we had this team like we created, and he was like, right, we were kicking around names for the team, and we're like X Men, and so we were the X Men for like two or three years in basketball, and it was <laughs> it was. Sad. I remember team kids would be like, "Are you guys the X Men? We can't the fucking X Men." Like, yeah, get, you know, get over it. But yeah, those kids are probably like ob- sweet or like nerds. I obsessed, and, yeah, know. I was obsessed with Marvel. Yeah, we. I mean, we were nerds, but we were also good at basketball, as it turns out. But so I loved, I loved Marvel, and then later on. Like, once I really dove into all of, like, the Batman graphic novels, like, I realized, I'm like, you know what? If you're stacking up comics, I think DC overall has better stories, really, because of Batman. But then the movies, it's really not close. Like, the movies, it's obviously Marvel. It's not close. And, And for me, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you get Marvel's the hook, and then I... You know, started becoming more of a Batman fan like later in life, like more towards like my adult life. Because if you remember, you know, they had like those movies, and the first I say the first two movies were really cool, the Burton movies, and then yeah, it kind of it was kind of they kind of sucked for like a long time, and you know, you didn't really want to tell people you were for sure, yeah, you didn't want to tell people you were a Batman fan, you know, for for a little while, and then um, so then I circled back around to it, and you know, started. Uh, for fun, you know, I, I reading all the Miller, like Frank Miller stuff. And, you know, that's kind of when you come, come around to it back again. But again, Marvel has been consistent in my life for, you know, the better part of like, I'm not kidding, like almost 30 years, you know, of, of my life just being around Marvel comics and whether it be, you know, uh, comics, the the best, what do you think is the best Marvel story? Like the best, like graphic novel with Marvel characters. I mean, the original think, Civil War is is really good. Um, yeah, I like Civil War. I like Old Man Logan. I really love Old Man Old Man Logan. Um, I think, honestly, we talked about it last week on the Netflix Daredevil. I think Daredevil Born Again and Man Without Fear are, are right up there for me. Yeah, and for me, um, I'm looking at... Oh, you know what one's really good is uh, Marvel 1602 by Neil that's Gaiman. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of with Neil that Gaiman. One's sick. Yeah, that one's really good, actually. Yeah, uh, that was one of my favorites, too. Um, have you read Marvels? I have not. Marvels is really good. Check that one out. Marvels is good. It's got, like, most of the universe in that one. Uh, Carnage. I remember the very first one that I was, like, absolutely hooked was this series, uh, the Ultimate Carnage series with uh, Spider-Man, Venom, and Carnage? That was like when I, oh yeah, yeah, when I was I I was first hooked into Marvel. That was it That's for good. sure. Well, so was, uh, like World War Hulk and Planet Hulk. Those were good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely they definitely have their stuff. I even like as goofy as it is, or as sort of like outer spacey as it is. Like the Infinity War stuff is good. Um, or no, is Infinity Gauntlet is good. The other ones are a little nuts. They get a little. It gets a little crazy. They get a little out there. And even yeah. some of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like once they really. And by the way, so Stan Lee was one of the creators of Groot. Like going all the way back to Groot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he just has his hands on on so much stuff. And you know what's funny too is, I think what really got Marvel Comics like put them on the map and got them going, and it's almost ironic in a sense, is Fantastic Four who now are, like, the forgotten kind of shitty, like, all these other characters. Like, could you imagine, like, take, like, middle school version of you and be like, hey, in 2018, like, Marvel's going to be the most popular thing in the world, 
and the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be the most popular characters, and nobody's going to want to see a Fantastic Four movie. I'm like, what? Like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> like, they, the Fantastic Four was the Mount Rushmore of Marvel for a while. It was like, just those four. Like, yeah. these are the four best characters we and have. And now they've, they've been out of print for a while. They're actually rebooting the Fantastic Four. Like, they've been out of print, which is... Yeah, they weren't even... Right, that's that. Yeah, that's not... It's like, it's one thing like not to have canceled. a movie about you, but to not even be having a, a series in comics about you is nuts. And by the way, I made a mistake. I said Ultimate Carnage. Everyone hopefully knows I meant Maximum Carnage. Oh, Ma- yeah, 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 Maximum Carnage. By, by the way, uh, the and that's when I first discovered like art, and I realized that like after John Romita Jr., like Mark Bagley is like one of my favorite Spider-Man artists with the huge eyes and kind of like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely has like a style. So not Ultimate, but Maximum Carnage. Maximum Carnage. I'll, maximum I'll clean carnage. that up in post. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just there's. There's so much. There's so much stuff that he is connected, like Black Panther, uh, and just down the line that that he's been connected to. And now the other thing, obviously, is all the cameos that he has been in. Like that is sort of take on a life of its own, right? Like waiting to see who Stanley is going to play in and- everything. By the way, which I love. Like if somebody talks to you about Stanley cameos, it's not just MCU movies. Like it goes back to. Fox properties, Sony properties. You'll even see him on like posters in the Netflix Marvel shows. Like it's it's everything. But maybe one of his best performances, and I think I want to say the first time I ever saw Stanley in person, and by in person I mean on a movie, was Mallrats. Oh yeah, yeah, and I that think was for me. That was it. I, I probably fit. saw Mallrats like in middle school or whatever it was, and like I had heard the name, I had read plenty of Marvel comics at that point, but I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know what he sounded like. And then that scene with him and Brody, which first of all, Brody is he'd be in the Dork Hall of Fame, like he's like Randy Meeks, like he'd be he'd be right in there. <laughs> yeah, between the uh, Sega, between the Sega, and then the comic book stuff, like he would absolutely be in there. But that st- that scene in Mallrats is is fantastic, and the whole thing, yeah, the whole thing with the kryptonite condom, talking about how Superman and Lois Lane could have a kid. Mm-hmm. That that was uh, that was a fantastic conversation, and one that well, you know, yeah, you you know you had, you know, oh, um, of course you did, and the other ones that he asked him about. Was he asked if the thing, if his dork is made of rock, and he asked if Mr. Fantastic, you know, can with his dick. And I would say <laughs> yes to both of those. And Stanley's very good. Like back then we had a code for those things. We don't really we don't really talk about <laughs> yeah, it. And that was actually like an answer. It. But yeah. Ryan, if if the thing if his dick wasn't made of rock, how weird would that look? <laughs> That that's the crazy like now I have that in my head. I have Put that, that burned in, in my head. head. If the thing had like a human penis, <laughs> it would be worse, wouldn't it? And to like end to scale, like the normal size to he scale. was. Just like a just a dude's <laughs> dick. It would look you're like, like you're a, a giant rock monster and yeah. you have a human penis for some reason. Even if it was a normal one. Like even if it like you were like, that's average, but then you turn into the thing and you're like, but, oh, <laughs> It's in there. It's in there somewhere. So how yeah. do you think, like, do you think the thing can make love? <laughs> Just how you asked me that is the most ridiculous thing ever. What do you mean? Do you, do you or do you not think the thing could make love? Because he has a relationship in the one movie with the puppet master's daughter. Can, can the thing 
make thick and warm? Is it what you're asking me, right? Can the thing make thick and warm in, in the warm? <laughs> and first of all, you're on board with rock penis, right? It has to be. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be okay. uncomfortable for anybody, you know? But somebody would be willing. There's a lid for every pot, Richard. <laughs> there, there really is. But in my- <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> Some people are into it. So I think some people would ask for it by name. The other one <laughs> is Mr. Fantastic, and that's another situation where for sure, right? It's not just oh, yeah. arms and legs. Because the, the giveaway there is like his fingers and his nose and everything else can also extend. Well, my issue is like with Mr. Fantastic, and I might be in the minority here, but the reason, you know, those are all things you can move on your own, like your arms, legs, neck, feet, hands. Like, those are all things you can move on your own. <laughs> well, um, let me stop you right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like that, that scene in The Office of Dwight, Dwight Schrute's like, I can actually retract my penis up into itself. And he can image the face <laughs> yeah. like, there I go, I just did it. Or like an anchorman. Uh, yeah. I'm taking it in right now. Taking it in. Taking it in right now. It's the pleats. So you're suggesting that that would remain the same? Uh, I would, for everyone's sake, everyone involved, I hope so. Mm. Do you think we're going to see the Fantastic Four on the big screen anytime soon? Not anytime soon, but I'm really intrigued as to, you know, the reason I'm so invested in Infinity War and all of these things and everything this has been building to is there's got to be, I mean, they have to reset some stuff after this. Are you like, a little scared on what's going to happen? Because I feel like you're going to, like, outer space. And, like, from there and, like, because now it's going to be really tough to make a movie. And you're like, oh, this guy's got to stop that bank robber. And you're like, well, no, Thanos just destroyed half of the population. Like, yeah. you, and, and once you get to the point where all these superheroes are friends with each other, like, I love it. You love it. We all love shared universes. But then it's, like, no problem can really be that bad for one person because you would call a friend or you'd call several friends yeah so aren't they getting to the point where the thing is gonna burst or i guess as you said like it's gonna have to reset somehow or you know we do another large-scale civil war where now like after this whole thing like now they're at each other again you know um yeah that or like in dc where they have like the earth two situation where it's like all right like that's that and now we're over here like they're gonna have to do something because like after just, Avengers 4, I yeah. feel like the stakes are going to be just so big. Yeah, you can't really... You got to kind of go small again, right? Yeah, I think so. Because some of those movies are great. like, but, but they become more difficult to take seriously if you're playing in the bigger universe. Yeah. You know, so... But going back to uh, Stanley's cameos, it actually, believe it or not, started in the X Men movies. You remember he was uh, he was the guy on the beach. He was like the hot dog that. vendor. Oh yes, I do now. I do now. And like yeah. the first X Men movie, which came out in two thousand. So a lot of the attention goes to the MCU movies because he keeps popping up, and you know every time you're in the theater, people applaud and they like they go nuts for it. But it actually started in that. Fox X-Men movie, which I know it came out after Blade, but it was really the jumping off point for, holy shit, people want to see comic book movies. Yeah. And that, and yeah. So, uh, so I would say X-Men and, you know, the Raimi Spider-Mans are what kind of brought, brought those which back. Which he was also life. in. 
And so if you like the cameos, and most people do, you need to thank Brian Singer for asking him to be in X-Men 1. Just mm-hmm. be like, hey, it's Stanley. He invented the X-Men. Let's have him in there. So he did a cameo. And then Sam Raimi had him in the first Spider-Man. And then from there, they were off and running. He was in Dare- He was in the Ben Affleck Daredevil. He was in your boy Ang Lee's Hulk. Yep. He was in Spider-Man 2. He was in... He was in the first Fantastic Four, the uh, the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. Chris Evans Fantastic Four, and he actually played Willie Lumpkin in that one. Which, if you watch, if you read the Fantastic Four comics, you know Willie Lumpkin's always at the Baxter Building there. Um, and then from there, he was in Spider Man Three. He was in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. You remember that one? He was trying to go to Mr. Fantastic Invisible Woman's wedding, and they were like, "No, no, no you don't have a ticket or whatever, yeah. or like you're not allowed in at here. the very beginning." Yeah. Good. Uh, then he was the in end? Iron Man. So was at the end, it's like, all right, here we go. Now yeah. he's now he's in the MCU. But think about think about <coughs> that though. He was in what six seven movies before the MCU even started. Right, which is it's unbelievable, man. Like it's unbelievable. And again, so late in life, you know, he was he's been yeah. an old man for a long time. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Uh, then he was in the Incredible Hulk, the uh, the Edward Norton movie. Uh, and then you, you keep going. He was in Iron Man 2. He was in Thor. He was in the first Captain America. He was in the Avengers. But then he's also, the same year he was in the Avengers, he was in the Amazing Spider-Man, which I love because it's <laughs> like, all right, the Avengers is clearly an MCU movie. The Amazing Spider-Man, you're not even sure what the hell it is, but it's a Sony property. But he also pops up in that. So he's like the one guy that can go in wherever. Yeah, and that He's was one of my favorite Iron cameos. Man three? <clears throat> what? That was one of my favorite cameos when he was the librarian with the headphones on and they were fighting around him. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was definitely a good one. Uh, at, let's see. After Iron Man 3, where he was a pageant judge, he was in Thor The Dark World. Uh, I mean, he also, along the while, is popping up in TV shows, too, like Avengers of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's in Winter Soldier. He's in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is a dump of a movie. He was in <laughs> Guardians. Which was great. That was the one. Remember when uh, he was like hitting on like a young girl? Yes. That was a pretty funny one. But then he he was in Agent Carter. He was in uh, Age of Ultron. He was in Ant-Man. He was in Deadpool. Deadpool was a really good one. That was a good one. He was the strip club DJ. Yeah. Was it was it Chastity? Who do you call him to the stage? I think so. Yeah. Uh, He was in Captain America Civil War. He was in X-Men Apocalypse. He was in Doctor Strange. Uh, let's see. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Let's stop on that one for a second. Because this this is, if you're asking, like, favorite Stan Lee cameos, I think this is my favorite one. I agree. This is also my favorite where he is either, uh, either he's either the Watcher or he's, like, just works for the Watcher or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I love the idea that you're like, all right, this is perfect. Like, because this is a character they haven't used yet. It's like a weird character. You put him in there and you're like, all right, that explains why he's in all of these movies. And they all are, even if they're in different like Earths or whatever, like fine. Like he sees all of it. And so everything that he was doing was for a reason. Like that would, whoever came up with that, it might've been James Gunn. I don't know. Perfect. Perfect idea. And it was perfect because he's explaining, he's like, Oh, and then that one time they had me on this place and I was doing this and I was an astronaut. Like, so not only are all of these universes connected, but that Stan Lee character is the same 
it's the same guy in every single movie. I love it. I love it. Like, that was perfect. Like, what a great payoff. Think about it. When he did Guardians 2, that was 17 years after he did X-Men. That's nuts. Amazing. And, like, a million roles. So that was perfect. So I love that. Uh, then the same year, he's in Spider-Man Homecoming. He was in Thor Ragnarok, where he was the, uh, the barber, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. He was in an episode of The Runaways. He was in Black Panther. He was in Infinity War as the bus driver. He was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, he was even in Venom. Remember? He was in Venom, for He God was sakes. in Venom. And let's not forget, he was in the Spider-Man PS4 game. Which is, you know, and that was incredible to see. You're wondering how they're going to do that, you know, and then he winds up being. And you and what's amazing about Stan Lee is you knew the voice as soon as you heard it because they, they had mm-hmm. his voice first yeah. talking to Mary Jane. And then you turn the camera on him and it's just this beautifully rendered um, like mocap of him. Um, I was going to say, I think we said it at the time on the podcast that we did. If you if you're playing that game, you can check out in the archives. We did a whole episode on Spider-Man for for PS4, but like nobody looked more realistic than Stan Lee in that no, game. It was insane. That, and that was done with great care and just a, speaks yeah. to the job that that team at Insomniac and Marvel games did. It was un, incredible. And still like with, um, the, uh, the video game awards game of the year coming out, that's getting that and I'm torn between, I'm leaning towards Spider-Man for obvious reasons, but that and God of war in terms of that kind of thing, um, attention to detail. It's just incredible. Yeah. I'm telling you, we're going to have good nominations for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones, but that one's right there at the top. But, yeah, so that so Venom was the most recent, but then there's questions about upcoming cameos. I think the Russo brothers kind of confirmed that he already filmed for Avengers 4, so I expect him to be in there. I guess the questions will be, will he find a way into Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, or even... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which comes out later this year. I, I have a feeling believe. he's going to be in at least half of them. I think they filmed a bunch of these. They filmed a bunch of these, and I think someone said they film a bunch of his cameos like in one shot because he doesn't like to fly. He never liked to fly. Right. So they like to film them all like kind of in one shot. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. all of them. Because they know the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige, they, they know the script. You know, so they yeah. can just oh, yeah. be like, all right, this doing. is the scene that we're going to work in. And, you know. Well, Ryan, we'll get to a few emails of the episode, which I want to try to start to do here going forward. Um, Dorkpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up. Email us about anything. It doesn't have to be related to the topic du jour. It can be about anything, and we'll try to answer. I'll try to grab one an episode. That way we can kind of spread them out. And so um, please do that. Again, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Anything else on Stan Lee? I mean, the man, obviously, he was he was the best. He's going to he's going to be missed. We're going to see him in the cameo. He'll live on in the cameos, which is really cool though. And like you'll be able to see him in those going forward. And when you go back and you're watching these movies again, like he, you're going to, you know, every time you see him, I think that'll be pretty cool. And what will be cool too is have, uh, being a dad and you know, my dad, you know, was the first person to show me the first movie I ever saw in the star in uh in the theater was Return of the Jedi. So, um mm. I think I was like 3. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, Probably, yeah. Fell asleep. Or two, but, even. You're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was 84, so I was like almost three or like turning three. Or, that was little. Mm. And um, I, uh, so my dad like gave that to me, and I can't wait to like, you know, show my girls these movies and be, and she'll be like, oh, who's that guy? And I'm like, it's tell them that it's Stan Lee. And I can tell them, 
you know, who Stanley was. And, you know, that's something that'll, that I'll, I'll enjoy talking to them about for sure. But de- definitely like, again, I told you like on the last podcast, like they hit me a lot harder than I thought it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never met the guy and, uh, I had my opportunity to, and, and missed it. And that's, that's sad, but, um, I know like that is one. And like, you know, we'd been to a lot of comic cons and we talked about how we were kind of like the, the comic con, like angel of death. Yeah. Uh, and there was a few and like, yeah, like it, it would have been cool to meet Adam West. It would have been cool to meet some of these other guys. But in real, I mean, Stan Lee sort of stands above all of them. You know, I mean, it's just it yeah. is different. Uh, you know, we really missed out on Tara Reid. Um, and yeah, pick up the pod. <laughs> no, she's not. Is that not right? She's not dead. Just her career. Well, and not to kiss and tell Ryan, but the time I made love to Tony Katane. Oh, oh, it, telepathically. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. They had to bring well, her down in a wheelchair. In, I thought I thought I had a pretty good chance. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. There's also the lady that read my palm, speaking of making love. Oh, we couldn't go. Oh boy. Where's that video? I gotta dig that up again. You might want to delete that video before my, <laughs> my wife sees it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, but yeah, he was well, it's funny that you say that because I was having this conversation the other day about when like famous people die and people get like all like emotional about it and i'm always like what do you like you never met him like right. i just don't really get it and and like maybe i'm just cold that way but i'm like yeah i don't i don't really know like and it's too bad but like how does it really affect you day to day but i was having that conversation with my wife and she really liked anthony bourdain like she loved like you know because she's so in like she's a chef so she's into food but she also yep. loves to travel and like so the whole combination like she loved the show and like that one kind of like got to her she's like oh man like i just i really liked him and I, i'm like really i'm like i know you liked him but you don't know him like what like what difference does it make right. but like when you say that with stan lee it does I mean, it makes a little bit of sense like he's 95 so you're not gonna like it's not like oh my god what an injustice but you're right, right. Yeah. it's just it's kind of weird you know yeah right um, so yeah, that's, that's that on, uh, on Stan Lee. So you guys can, uh, again, email us or tweet us at dork podcast. Uh, you know, your favorites. St- oh, well, here's a question. What's your favorite? Who's your, Oh no, I already know the answer. What? I was gonna say, who's your favorite Stan Lee character, but obviously it's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me stop you right there. I think for me, it would probably be, I think it's Iceman. You do love to use some Iceman. I love, I've always loved Iceman. I think the X-Men in general are my favorite of the characters that Stan created or co-created. I also, and thanks in large part to the series and then also what Frank Miller did, like I do love Daredevil. Like I'm a big Daredevil fan as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to the email of the episode. I actually cheated. I grabbed a couple here. So here's a couple emails of the episode. This first one comes in from Jay. He says, uh, guys, enjoyed the Daredevil episode and agree with the praise given to it. He goes, did you not find the God talk insufferable? I enjoyed the villains far more than the protagonists. Matt Murdock during the first half of the season reminded me of emo Kylo Ren. Jay. (laughs) Uh, The God talk for me never got overboard. I guess I can understand for some that it did, but I do think for the Daredevil character specifically, especially with his mom, his mom, his mom his being mom. a nun. I was trying to say mom and nun at the same time. Classic <laughs> mix up. Classic. So his mom, I guess, is what he would say. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was just right. Like there's going to be a lot of that, but that's sort of the point. And if you saw the 
teasers for it. It was always like Bible verses. So like you kind of knew it was going to be religious, but I didn't think it was nuts. I didn't think it was nuts. And like you said, I think it was central to who that character is and the motivation to, uh, it had, he not had Matt Murdock not been raised the way that he was in, in his faith, you know, that would have been a completely different series. Like I think, and this is going to sound, you know, that character, if, if not Catholic, like offs himself, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You might be right. But I think that played so deeply into that character that it made sense to me that they had, those types of talks and talked openly about it. And right. it was, it, it, had it not been, if they just decided to make Matt Murdock a Catholic, I think that would have been a little overboard for me. But the fact if you're a fan and I'm not saying the person who wrote the email isn't Jay, isn't a fan. No, but what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. is like, if you've read um, all those things, you understand that that's kind of important to who well, Matt think about Murdock like is. the greatest graphic novel ever of, of Daredevil. I mean, not, I mean, maybe some people think it's ever, but just of Daredevil, is first of all, it's called Born Again. Yeah. So you have you have that aspect of it, and then one of the greatest fights of all time for Daredevil takes place inside of a church. So like, there's a there's a lot there, and I mean the the devil the devil himself is obviously yeah. you know a Catholic church thing. Um, let's see, uh, Chris. Actually, I'm not going to read the whole email. It was a it was a long email, but it was a great email. Long story short, for Chris, he is still weeks later terrified. Of the haunting of Hill House, he his uh, laundry room is in the basement, and he says he refuses to go down there. He says he would rather buy new clothes than do laundry <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> so, you got to watch well, out for those like, fans. I'll tell you what, Chris, you're not wrong. It is to me more scary than like. So I saw Halloween in theaters, and I haven't thought about it since. Like we did the podcast on it. I'm like, all right, it was like I liked it enough. Like fine. Michael Myers doesn't scare me, but the idea, like when I'm laying in bed at night, I'm sort of similar to Chris, I think. Like I'll be laying there pitch black and I'm like, I open my eye and you know how actually it's not pitch black. It's like you see like a little bit of the light and I'm like, if bent neck lady is standing on the end of my bed, I am going to freak the fuck out. Oh, we're done. We're done there. Yep. We're done with that. But don't you like, kind of think like that's, that is way more scary to me. And Chris was saying in his email too, like he has every light in his house on at night after, after five o'clock, he turns every light on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're not, you're not, it's not it's, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not uh, wrong. And then the. And then the last thing here, Ryan, uh, our buddy Mac from the Mac and Goo podcast. This was actually a text, so it's kind of a cheat. It's kind of not really an email. It's the email of the episode. He was basically asking, what's our worst hashtag dork opinion? Mm-hmm. And first of all, if I still feel the same way, I w- would refuse to call it the worst. Like, I just, I would obviously stand right. by whatever. So let me kind of alter the question. Any... Uh, opinion that you have had since we've done hashtag dork that you would like to amend. I wish I wasn't so hard. This is not excusing the film. Mind you, here we go. Here we go. I wish I wasn't so hard on Jurassic world fallen kingdom. Now <laughs> that, well, some people think that's our best episode and maybe it was because you were so, you hated it so much. And it's not that, I just felt that it was lazy and it kind of pandered like it, it like that. I'm a big believer in story. And the only thing that didn't yes, work in that, stories. in that, you know, it, it, the sweet dino action was there. 
Chris Pratt was being Chris Pratt. Thank you. Ryan, that's all I wanted you to say that episode, and you wouldn't say it. But I thought the sweet dino action was sweet. But the story sucked. And that's what I go to see movies for. And if that makes me a snob for caring about, you know, like plot. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. You go to see dinosaur movies for the story? Are you high on drugs right now? (laughs) I don't want to get into this again. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, my name's Ryan, and I went to go see Jurassic World for the story. No, what I'm saying is, (laughs) is you don't need to treat the audience like they're idiots. You're making it worse. You're making it worse. Give the audience a little bit more credit. Yeah, I'm I'm really upset that Jurassic World wasn't Citizen Kane. <laughs> well, Richard, bringing it back full circle. Um, You're a coward. No, let me bring it back full circle and use your own logic against you. Okay. There is, think of like Marvel movies that Stan Lee is ultimately responsible for. They yes, give bring you it the, back to Stan. They give you the sweet, sweet action without sacrificing story. There is a lot of good story. So there. There's a lot of good story. Fair enough. And people My, would say the same thing. Oh, you're going to see a superhero movie and you care about story? Like, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Fight me. Yeah, but I also, I am also there for the sweet Marvel action as well. Yeah, I guess so. But you know what? You know, the dino, like you action, wanna, the dino yeah. action was sweet. If I were to amend the score, I'd probably, I think, I, what did I give it a two? I, uh, no, yeah, you gave it like a zero. Like, you were really down on it. I'll give it a three. Yeah, you don't need to move the score. I'm just, I mean, I'm just asking, or Mac was asking the question, what was the worst dork opinion? You know, I wasn't mad at Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I was just disappointed. I, no, I understand. I understand. I'll tell you what, for me, it probably, I tried to talk myself too much into Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think that was my biggest problem. I tried to, I tried to talk, I was like, you know what? Not that bad. Harley Quinn was good. Deadshot was surprisingly good. But it is a terrible film. And I, I was yep. way too easy on it. I don't know why. Maybe I think what it was is I was so happy that they made a villain starring movie, which is like never really happened. Right. And so I was like, I love the fact that they took a chance on it. And I actually did like Will Smith and Margot Robbie. I thought they were both good. But the movie does suck out loud. Now, now let so me that, ask you. Let me ask you yeah. just for why does that movie stink? Why does it stink? Mm-hmm. Well, the villain is terrible, or sure. like they're all villains. But like the main, like the enchantress thing, uh-huh. and whatever all that was, is bad. Joker was Joker was used really poorly. Oh, why else was it? Oh, was it something else? And did you see where I'm going with this, Richard? Oh, Do you there's see no it? story. Do you see what I'm teeing you up for? There's no story. There's no story there. But guess so what? So you're if going the, to see a movie about <laughs> fake villains and you don't you want to see a story? Let what are you stupid? Right I don't sound like that. One <laughs> and two. I this I it could have I could have been made if the CGI was better and if the characters weren't so bad, I probably would have liked it more. Or you know what? Or if you just got rid of the Joker altogether. Yeah, like you, but you bring Richard, him in and you tease us. Yeah, but right. Richard, there was explosions and stuff, right. so it's okay. good. I liked it. Okay. All right, hard ass. Let me ask you about this. <laughs> you liked Last Jedi so much. How good sure was do. that story? Uh it has its problems, poop. but... It was a poopsicle. 
It was a frozen poop. A poop on a stick that was frozen. That's what it was. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not. It, and, it, and it was served raw is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, uh, asshole, coward? You like stories? <laughs> what are you, an open asshole? <laughs> um, very graphic. Very graphic. Sorry. We're getting at each other here. I do like stories. I'm a big fan of the uh, the adventures of uh, Huckleberry Finn. It was a good story. Just a good amount of racism in that book. Just the, just the, uh, just the yeah, right amount. Little, can they still teach that in school? We do. We actually do. Do you edit it? Nope. Do you say, hey, don't repeat that? Do you know? Yeah, we do. Say, well, high school kids, so hopefully we don't have to say that. But True. Uh, well, we call those, we call, when, when someone does something wrong, Richard, and we look at it as a group, we call those teachable moments. Yeah, they really are. I've had mm-hmm. a few of those in my time. Yeah. I told the story today about, uh, so did you see that scene in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room where they were all like raiding Le'Veon Bell's uh, yeah. stuff? Yeah, I saw. I was telling the story on the air today about how it was either junior or senior year of basketball, and one of the kids on our team. And so back then, and maybe probably still now, they're like, "Hey, whatever jersey number you are, like here's your jersey, and then here are the matching shorts for it." And so, right. like, so if your jersey's a large, you're getting large shorts. Like that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, like two or three games into the season, one of the kids on our team got kicked off the team for drugs. And he was a big kid. He was like one of our centers on the team. And so coach comes in, he's talking to us. It's like, we're like all huddled around. And he's like, Hey, by the way, like so-and-so, you know, he, you know, broke the rules and blah, blah, blah. So he's off the team. And like, before anybody could move, I go, I got dibs on his shorts. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they go, what? I go, yeah, he's got the extra large shorts. I go, these shorts aren't baggy enough. I'm like, give me those shorts. And they're yeah. like, oh, my Christ. And then the rest of the season, I got the shorts. They're like, they weren't being used. So I wore the sweet baggy shorts. So quick to jump in the kid's grave. Like, so quick. I, well, that kid, he, first of all, not that good of a player. And then you can't not do drugs during the season. Like, if it's that important to you, don't do drugs during the season. Yeah, come on. Remember those kids? Remember those kids doing drugs in your dorm your freshman year almost burned the dorm down? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. That was I also remember kids in my dorm doing like a ton of cocaine, and yet our head of house was mad at us for playing video games so much. Which you know, I'm like, well, or you could go two floors up and stop getting mad at us for playing Tekken, and you can go up there and stop the kids from doing uh, booger sugar. They How's got that there, They yeah, they got that white girl up there. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm no narc, so I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. The vi- goddamn video games. Get off my back about the video games. Yeah. And he's anyway, like, stop um, playing video. What are you mad at the video games? <laughs> that's actually not how that guy. That's not no how that story. guy talked. <laughs> but hey, there's no story in the video games. Tell me a story, stupid. I'll tell you a story. How about uh, that Catcher in the Rye? Do you ever read that? I'm teaching that book right now. All a bunch of phonies. Oh yeah. You're all a bunch of phonies. <laughs> That guy seems like he had some problems, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, Ryan, anything issues. else? Anything else you want to hit on here? Uh, story is king, as always. What do you want to do next week? Just uh, the list of the best stories. <laughs> yeah, let's do best best stories, hands down. Let's do it. <laughs> what a, what an episode title! Let's best have stories. Let's have a hour long episode on continuity and why it matters. <laughs> Continuity. Well, all of the dork episodes tie together. You can go back, just pour through the archives. They're all related. They all connect. Character and plot development for you dum-dums. Yeah, that's That's what we're going to do. Everybody's an idiot. 
<laughs> no, everyone's uh, not an idiot. People are way no, smarter than me. Great. But oh, by the way, we got uh, this week, and like I check it every once in a while just for uh, shits and gigs. That would be the uh, the iTunes ratings rankings. Sure. This week we uh, we popped the top two hundred rating. Oh, uh, baby! Hey, look who's back, baby! One of the best podcasts <laughs> in the world, baby! <laughs> and it's because of you guys. You guys listening to this right now. It's because of you. You son yeah. of a bitch. You did it. And yes, but if you're listening to this on your radio, your headphones, you're listening to this work, we are talking directly to you, you glorious, you. you glorious, we're, spectacular son of a bitch. You. We're, we're talking to you, Steve, Bob, Car- Carl, Mike, with a K. Carl with a K, and Carl with a C, <laughs> Sandy, Leon. <laughs> That's why it's a catcher for the Red Sox. That's, he is um, a catcher for the Red Sox. <laughs> That's one Maybe guy, he jackass. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, next week we have, I think, an opening. We got an opening. Free play. So we, we, <laughs> we do. We have a free play. <laughs> so get in there. Uh, you can email us. We'll probably come up with an idea on our own, but we do encourage you to email us nonetheless, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Also, tell a friend. Tell a friend about what's going on here at Hashtag Dork. Get more people listening to Hashtag Dork because now you'll have somebody to talk to about what you listen to, right? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you gotta, and you got to point your finger in their chest and say, like, why aren't you listening, you dummy? <laughs> really stick it in there, right right where it kind of hurts. Like, where it's a little sensitive, yep. right there like, in the center of the chest. Right where the, the, the uh, what do they call it, the xiphoid process, that little piece of bone? That's exactly what they Just, call you it. Just stick your finger right in there. You listen to Dork? Why not? What's the matter with you? Well, yeah, what are you, it's some available sort of on asshole? most podcast locations. Yeah. Such as iTunes, where you can leave us a, uh, a review. You can subscribe to the podcast. Do all of that. It's very nice. Um, what else we got? Twitter, at Dork Podcast. We got the YouTube.com slash Dork Podcast. I don't know what to do on the goddamn YouTube, but we'll figure something out. We'll get something on there. I love ghetto streaming is my, fa- is my favorite thing. I should go do. back to the ghetto stream. I actually, I ghetto streamed Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for like close to an hour, but I didn't beat the game. And I was just like, ah, do I really want to post this? Like I got super far, obviously. I played for an yeah. hour with no continues. And I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to post this. So there's that. Um, you know, you can stream on YouTube, right? Like you can stream on YouTube. You know that, right? Yeah, but not on not on the way my Nintendo's set up. No, you can't. But yeah, there. You, well, see, right there. You that's go. gonna take some legwork, but you can do that. There you go. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, what else? Oh, you be twitching. I'd be twitching. We be twitching tonight. Every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we be we be doing it. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Is that the schedule? That's right. the schedule for now. With with the way it stands right now, that you know, when vacations come up, those are all subject to change. But those will be posted on Twitter at Arvondi. And it's November. Uh, it so is throw, November. Throw Davy a couple of bucks. It's going to a good place. Yep. You know, we don't ask for much here on the goddamn podcast. Throw him a couple of bucks. I'm gonna and kill you. I will. T- so that uh, all those links are on my. I have them on my Twitch. My my Twitch page. My Twitter page. Those links are everywhere. If you guys want to do that, I am very close to my goal. So of two thousand mm. dollars for the month. Um, so nice. please, if you if you are have the means, please uh, consider donating to that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Hashtag Dork. It does mean a lot to uh, me and Davey, so we appreciate that. We'll keep pumping out the sweet content for you, so don't worry about that. I'm also I'm going to leave you, Ryan, with this. Uh, our good buddy, Opie the Poet, who is the, uh, the first, first voice you hear every Dork episode, the intro song is from Opie the Poet. 
he did. So I don't know if you, you saw this a while ago. Uh, some guy, was it Chris Nissan or something? He wrote an article called Decorative Gourd Season Motherfuckers. <laughs> and it was like a pretty popular, like, this guy wrote for like The Onion. He also wrote for a few other things. And it's like a kind of, I guess it's kind of a popular article about how sweet gourds are and like how it's decorative gourd season motherfucker and so anyway our buddy opie took most of what he wrote and he turned it into a rap song so it's very funny you know opie didn't write it but he put it together he put it to music so we're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end the episode with with opie you got anything else before we get to opie ryan uh just a final thought that cheese is just a loaf of milk is that right (laughs) It is now. I love cheese. Love cheese. All right, we're done. It's decorative gourd season, motherfuckers. What you know about gourds? What you know about gourds? What you know about gourds? Hey, tis the motherfucking season to get to the store to get you some gourds, specifically gourds that are decorative gourds, decorative gourds, cause it's decorative gourd season, motherfucker. It's fall, y'all better get to the store for the baddest, fattest, festive ass horde of some decorative gourds, decorative gourds, cause it's Decorative cord, season motherfucker. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get my hands on some fucking gourds and arrange them in a horn-shaped basket on my dining room table. That shit is just gonna look so seasonal. I'm about to head up to the attic right now to find that wicker fucker and dust it off like plow. Then jam it with an insanely ornate assortment of shellac vegetables. When guests come over, it is gonna be like glamo. Check out my shellac decorative vegetables, you assholes. Guess what season it is? It's fucking fall and there's a nip in the air and my house is full of mutant fucking squash everywhere we got pumpkins and squash soups and some cukes ain't no room for lagoons and no stupid ass fruit just some decorative gourds decorative gourds cause it's decorative gourd season motherfucker ain't no shortage of gourdage my shit is gorgeous the most atrocious cornucopic assortments of decorative gourds decorative gourds cause it's decorative Season motherfucker I may even throw some multicolored leaves Into the mix all haphazard like a crisp October breeze Just blew through and fuck that shit up Then I'm gonna get to work on making a beautiful fucking gourd necklace for myself People gonna be like, aren't those gourds straining your neck? And I'm just gonna thread another gourd onto my necklace without breaking the gaze And quietly reply, it's fall fuck face The next thing I'm gonna do is carve one of the longer Gourds into a perfect replica of the Mayflower As a shout out to our pilgrim forefathers And I'm gonna do some blow off its hole with a hooker no equinox, this fucking season rocks Got my cable knit, turtleneck, and my comfy socks Decorative gourd, decorative gourd, decorative gourd Season motherfucker I told you once, don't make me tell you fucking twice I want my vegetables shellac and my coffee pumpkin spice Cause it's decorative gourd, decorative gourd, decorative gourd Season motherfucker Y'all are gonna fucking love my house 
Just look where you walk or you'll get knocked the fuck out By the gauntlet of misshapen zucchini descended bastards Swinging from above, you better duck, so consider Your motherfucking self-worn For now, all I plan to do is throw on a worn Flannel shirt and some tattered overalls And a floppy fucking hat and go stand in the middle Of a cornfield for a few days The first crow that trying to land on me is gonna get his avian ass Bitch slapped all the way back to summer Welcome to autumn, you fuckhead motherfucker. Got the sickest wicker baskets Artisanally crafted and gorgeous So many gorgeous, almost pornographic Cause it's decorative gourd Decorative gourd Decorative gourd Season motherfucker My game is on fleek And I don't mean on the court My butternuts will make you bust a nut In your shorts Cause it's decorative gourd Decorative gourd Decorative gourd Season motherfucker I don't know what season you think that it is It's not winter or summer or spring in this bitch It's decorative gourd Decorative gourd Decorative gourd Season motherfucker And I don't think y'all ready for this freaky ass harvest For all this mutated zucchini related carnage Cause when the leaves start falling I start balling the hardest Oh, that's right, y'all, I gotta go. Performing all gourd reenactment of that different strokes episode. I'm sorry if that's too real and you can't deal. I can't shield you from it. I can't.